Chapter 19 At 7.15, everyone loaded into Joey's minivan to head back to Maisie's. Let's be open-minded, Dusty said as they once again pulled up in front of the house. Her honest attempt at optimism fell flat. Jack had no intention of being open-minded. As they walked to the front door with Najoni between them, Joey bringing up the rear, Jack wanted to turn on his heel and run. He already didn't like Maisie Hillfire, but like he'd implied earlier, what was the alternative? Up on the porch, Joey moved to the front of the group and knocked on the door. This was it. No turning back now. This time, when the door opened, a short, very old woman with dyed black hair answered. Her blouse hung untucked over a floor-length blue skirt. She wore an apron that carried remnants of the dinner she was in the process of making. Her weathered eyes immediately squinted at them with distrust. Keeping her own eyes low out of respect, Joey greeted the woman, giving her the honor and respect a woman of her age deserved. Grandmother, Joey said in her native tongue, I have a surprise for you. A surprise? Daughter, what could you possibly have for me? The woman replied without seeming to move her lips. She seemed nice enough, Jack and Dusty thought. She didn't appear out of her mind, crazy or mean. Your granddaughter, Joey said, then stepped aside to reveal Najoni. When the grandmother's eyes settled on the child, it took a moment for her mind to process it all. Najoni? the woman asked breathlessly. Najoni, who had been dragging her feet and resistant up until now, bounced in place with excitement, her smile as big as her face. Joey was in the process of saying, These good people found her living with a monster. He was... Like the flip of a switch, Maisie's face suddenly darkened, her thin lips moving into a deep frown. You fool! You have brought evil to my house. And now they saw the crazy. But, Grandmother, Joey stammered, the uncle you entrusted her to was cruel and used her for his own evil gain. The woman's eyes spit fire as she glared at Joey. I sent her to live with him because of his dark heart. My vision started two days after this child came into my house. She has a curse upon her. Death follows her. I cannot take her back. Joey was dumbstruck at the old woman's words. She stared at Maisie, unable to fully understand what she was hearing. Jack and the others had been holding their breath, watching the exchange, reading body language and hearing the vocal cues, and when they saw the shadow pass over Joey's face, they knew something was wrong. Najoni obviously understood what was being said and now trembled, looking heartbroken as she clung to Dusty. "'What is it?' Jack asked, only having caught part of the conversation." Joey shook her head at him, not wanting to say it out loud. Then Maisie said to Joey, Mickey paid me good money for her. She's no longer my problem. Mickey paid you? You sold Najoni? Maisie bobbed her head. I did. I couldn't keep her, knowing she is the reason my daughter died. Grandma, Najoni pleaded with a heart-wrenching whimper, but she was silenced by a harsh, hateful look from Maisie. Joey continued to try and make Maisie see reason, but with each passing moment, Maisie's distaste for the child became more and more evident. A chill shot down Jack's spine, his hands curling into fists, his face hard and jaw set. She has evil inside of her, Grandmother was saying, suddenly pointing a bony finger down at Najoni. 
Then her voice rose into a screech as she became wild-eyed. She moved towards Najoni. Her sudden advance in chanting startled the tar out of Najoni, along with everyone else. The child stumbled backwards, her eyes large and frightened, nearly tripping down the stairs. Jack stepped in the way, eyes flashing as he warned Maisie to stop. He didn't care one bit if she was an elder, or an old woman. He'd put her in a headlock if she tried to touch Najoni. We need to go, Joey said, now. She spread out her arms to corral everyone and usher them back, yanking Jack's sleeve until he moved away. He turned sharply, scooping up the heartbroken little girl, bumping into Dusty as she hurried to get down off the porch. Maisie was right on their heels, screeching and waddling as she waved her hands over her head as if she'd found them breaking into her house. "'Take that death baby out of here!' she cried in English, then reverted to her native tongue as she waved her hands wildly. Jack handed Najoni over to Dusty, setting her down on the ground. Dusty whisked her around to the other side of the minivan, opening the sliding door. Jack stopped and turned to the old woman, his hands up in submission. "'All right, all right!' he shouted at her. "'We're leaving! We're leaving!' Maisie stopped moving forward but continued talking in a shrill voice as she waved for them to get going. Jack quickly yanked open his door and got in, slamming it shut on the woman's carrying on. In the back seat, Dusty sat with her arms around Najoni, the child's tears muffled in her shirt. "'What's going to happen to me?' Najoni sobbed. "'I want my mommy!' "'Where do I go?' Jack asked, dumbfounded, anger numbing his mind." Just drive, Joey exclaimed, her hand braced on the dashboard. As he backed out and sped up the road, Jack caught Dusty's eye in the rearview mirror. So many unspoken words passed between them, but one thing was certain. Najoni was their responsibility now. Things had settled down a bit since returning to Joey's, but the sting of Maisie Hillfire's rejection hovered and seemed to be the elephant in the room. Najoni had become withdrawn and emotional, unwilling to leave Dusty or Jack's side for a minute. She'd finally fallen asleep on the couch while watching a Disney movie. Jack eased himself off the couch, careful not to disturb her, and aimed for the kitchen. Joey stood at the counter working on dinner. The smell of spiced meat was beginning to work its way through the house. Jack went to the cabinet and got himself a glass, filling it with water from the refrigerator door. As Joey chopped up some vegetables for the stew, she shot him a sideways smile. You doing okay? He finished his drink and lowered the glass, leaning back on the counter. I'm beat. You should go to bed. All your troubles will look better after some sleep. I don't think I could sleep even if I wanted to. Well, what's next? I know you've been thinking about it. You've got that look in your eyes. You're asking me? Sure. I'm just the guy who found her. You're her tribe. You're her family. You're her tribe too, Joey reminded him gently. And you're not just the guy who found her. She trusts you. You don't see her clinging to me. Jack glanced back towards the living room. She's got so much trauma going on. She's lost. Then help find her. Jack sucked on his teeth. I guess we should get a social worker involved. 
Is that what you want? He threw up his hands. How should I know? Doesn't this reservation have plans for things like this? We're not another planet, Jack, Joey replied, giving him a look that told him to watch his step. Then she asked, What does Brandon say? Jack shook his head, exasperated. He's on the phone now. Joey carried the cutting board over to the stovetop. Jack, have you considered one of you taking her? He straightened. Is that even an option? Joey thoughtfully bobbed her head, shrugging one shoulder. You'd have to check with Brandon, but I think it can be done. She's an orphan in need of a home. Well, why don't you take her then? I have four kids already. Yeah, so? What's one more? She looked at him, flattening her lips. Don't get an attitude with me. Taking in a kid isn't as easy as snapping your fingers. It changes your whole world, and we have a lot of stuff going on right now. And as much as I adore that little girl, we wouldn't be able to properly care for her. Jack chewed on his lip as he stared off towards the living room. Then he shook his head. I really hate this. What about you? Joey asked. Jack choked, coughing as he shook his head at the ridiculous idea. Why not? She pressed. We don't know each other that well, but I'm telling you right now, I am not father material. Well, it would be pretty easy to get it approved, I think. You and Najoni are of the same tribe and have family ties. Typically, when a native child is up for adoption, they post a notice about them for a certain amount of time to see if any family will step in. Family, close or far, gets priority over everyone else. Your family. Jack firmly shook his head. No, 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 no. I don't have the time or the funds to raise a kid. I'm pretty sure the courts would take one look at me and just laugh. Joey gave him a knowing look. It's not so easy to say yes, is it? He threw up his hands, pushing off the counter as he walked away. All right, you made your point. Satisfied, Joey nodded and turned back to the stove. We should go to the elders. They'll know what to do. If they want to call social services and get the court involved, they'll tell us. Jack nodded. He walked to the sliding door that led to the back patio and said over his shoulder, Call me when dinner's ready. Take a chill pill while you're out there, Joey called. It was still light out, the low sun causing an amber glow having overtaken the world. Jack slowly meandered his way past the patio furniture that was gathered around the stone fire pit and continued off into the yard. A lot of work had been put into this backyard. Sod had been laid down, creating a large area of lush green grass that seemed out of place up on this treeless brown hilltop. A wooden lawn swing sat facing out over the world below. The view was breathtaking, looking out over the flat desert in all of its quiet, desolate glory. Lightning flashed in the distance, high in the storm clouds gathering on the western horizon. Taking a seat on the swing, Jack let out a deep, relaxing breath. He slowly pushed himself back and forth, letting the swing sway under him. The day had started out on such a high note with a happy ending in sight, and then that happy ending was lit on fire. Grandmother Maisie had sold Najoni, knowing Mickey was the lowest of the low. She had believed Najoni had darkness inside of her and didn't want anything to do with her. Get that death baby out of here. Death? In that little body? Jack knew evil, and Najoni didn't even come close. Now Maisie, on the other hand, crazy and vile made a dangerous mixture. 
She was the one who needed to be tied up and left in a room to be forgotten. The more Jack thought about it, the more he seethed in silence. Even Dusty, who was Little Miss Sunshine and Roses, had had some choice words after they left Maisie's. Joey, too, had been furious, a sight that had encouraged Jack. He continued pushing himself on the swing, rocking the bench under him back and forth as he stared quietly ahead. The chains hanging from the frame overhead squeaked in tandem from his weight. He thought about what Slade had talked to him about the night before. The guy had seemed pretty convinced God had put Jack in the right place at the right time, that Jack and Dusty were meant to find Najoni. If you let God lead you, he can put you where you need to be. Jack tilted his head back so he could see the stars. Well, I'm not much for paying attention, but maybe you did lead me. Here I thought I was just thrown into a game of chance, but I don't know. Maybe this was your plan all along. So I assume you know about Najoni's grandma. Care to tell me what the rest of the plan is? He waited for a moment, but didn't hear anything. I know you don't want me to take her. That's crazy, right? An ex-drunk who makes his money guarding bedwetters? You wouldn't be so stupid as to thinking I would make a great dad, right? Then he thought about his mom and dad and wondered if they'd be able to do something. They'd gone through all of this before with him. Maybe they'd be willing to do it again. He tried to remember and ask the elders about it. Maybe they'd give him special permission, considering the circumstances. Behind him, he heard the sliding glass door open. Then gentle footfall came running across the yard towards him. Jack, I just talked to Gemma, Dusty called, and by the tone of her voice, she had a story. Mickey showed up she said as she came around the side of the swing. Jack's pulse quickened and he sat up. You're kidding. What happened? Are they okay? Yeah, but it was bad. He went to the diner first, asking for me. I don't know how he knew, but they sent him to the station. He and Phil got into it and I guess busted out two windows to try and make Phil talk. Then Gemma pulled a gun on him and told him to leave them alone. Did he leave? Dusty chuckled, nodding. He saw little Gemma standing there with that shotgun, and I guess he turned tail and ran. Jack shook his head. Well, I'm sorry about your friends, but I'm glad we got out of there when we did. I know. I was really worried when she started telling me about it, but Gemma assured me they're fine. Slade and some of the other guys around there are already working on boarding up the windows. I guess they called the highway patrol about the damage. They told them about Najoni, but they said since she was being taken back to the reservation, it was out of their jurisdiction. But they're going to question Mickey about it. Jack nodded, leaning back and crossing his arms. Good. Dusty invited herself to join him on the swing. Her hair was wet and she smelled of shampoo. She looked comfy in a pair of pajama pants and an oversized t-shirt. As she sat down, she sighed. This is so crazy. My head feels like it's going to explode. She looked at him. So, what are you doing out here? I talked to Joey. She suggested we go talk to some elders in the morning about Najoni. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Any clues as to what they'll suggest? I was actually just thinking maybe my parents could take her. I mean, I don't even know if that's an option, but it's better than foster care. Thoughtfully, Dusty bobbed her head. She drew her legs up slowly under her, jarring the seat slightly as she sat cross-legged. 
I wasn't much older than Najoni when my dad died. Me and my older brother were put into foster care. I didn't know you had a brother. She smiled. Yeah, Ty. I have no idea where he's at these days. What was foster care like? Well, our caseworker was really cool and always made sure we were able to be together. I don't know how, but she did. But once we ended up in the orphanage, Ty was older and ready to be on his own. He wanted to take care of me, and he tried, but he got into a gang and started doing drugs. It became his life. He couldn't outrun the family curse. Dusty stopped, thinking for a moment as she absently played with a wrinkle in her pants. But then I met Mrs. Barker, she said with an absent smile. She was the cook at the orphanage. She let me help make dinner sometimes and let me taste test everything. She helped me with my homework, and and when I came home with a good grade on a test, she hung it up on the fridge. Dusty looked at Jack as she smiled and said, It's because of her I was able to go to college. She paid for everything. Jack could see the love Dusty had for the woman. What happened to her? (sighs) She passed away peacefully at the age of 96. I was at her bedside every day until one day she just wasn't there anymore. All it takes is one good person to come in and change your life, Jack said thoughtfully. Dusty nodded in agreement. Swallowing, Jack leaned forward. When I first became friends with Jimmy and went to his house to play, I remember thinking that he had hit the jackpot. I watched my best friend live this perfect life. Dinner at six, bedtime prayers, brand new clothes and school supplies, parents who didn't yell or hit. Every time I got to spend the night, I'd pretend like his parents were mine. Jimmy and I would talk about how cool it would be if we were brothers. I prayed every night for my mom to stop drinking and be like Mrs. Reeves. Dusty couldn't help but smile. So God gave them to you instead. Jack hadn't really thought about it that way. He nodded slowly. Yeah, I guess he did. They sat there for a moment, the swing slowly rocking under them. It's a little ironic how this all worked out, Dusty said. She looked at him. You and me, two people who grew up without our parents, finding a little girl without parents and a grandma who doesn't want her. Almost seems like it was part of the plan. Jack sighed. Right, the plan. That's all I want, Dusty said, looking up at the night sky. I want to be where God wants me at the right time. I spent so long doing my own thing, I just want his will for my life now. Jack didn't reply. Mickey's phone rang from its spot in the cup holder. He shifted the cigarette in his mouth to the side, freeing his hand to answer the phone. Hello? You idiot! You lost the girl. Who is this? Mickey growled. How'd you get this number? It's Maisie Hillfire, dum-dum. Imagine my surprise when I open my front door and see that little demon standing on my porch. I paid you to take her, and now it appears you can't keep track of one little girl. Mickey was seething. She was taken. It's not like I planned this. She's with you? No, she's never stepping foot into this house. But I know where you can find her. She's staying with the idiot woman who's married to my nephew. Now either you figure out how to get her back, or you pay me back my money. Oh, I'll get her back. 
Mickey hung up on the old woman, cussing her name as he dialed a new number and shoved the phone back up to his ear. A man answered. Hey, loser, Mickey said. You still holding down the fort out there by Bicker's Bottom? Sure. You want to come for a party? I'm still waiting on my delivery. You'll get your drugs, don't worry. But right now I've got some missing merchandise. Are you sober enough to do a job for me? And that's the end of chapter 19.